Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. The number one ladies detective agency. Hello and welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is Kate Kalzik, joined by the, I don't know, uh, intrepid, only conveniently breaking down van that is Allison Shoemaker. <laughs> Reliable, fabulous, getting the job done, and uh, just, you know... <laughs> As opposed to only speaking to other computers. Only, as opposed to only speaking to other computers. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Allison, today for Streaming in Place, uh, Noel was not able to join us. We decided to put Lodge 49 on, on pause, as the listeners will hopefully remember from the last episode, uh, and, and check out a couple other things this week. So, we're, we were talking about today the first episode of the Number One Ladies Detective Agency, um, which is a two-hour pilot. But actually, I thought it was a pilot. Apparently, it was like made as like a standalone movie kind of thing. Um, and then picked up by, um, it was aired on BBC and HBO. And then there's a six episode season that then followed from it. But it's unclear to me just how much of that was intentional and how much of it was, we'll do a series of movies. No, let's do a TV show that works better. Um, and, you know, because these are based on a popular set of detective novels. I'm not sure if you're familiar with. I look forward to your, your thoughts on this. I had heard of, like, when I saw the show... I was like, wait a second. I'm pretty sure my mom read all these books. <laughs> like, I had like heard them books on tapes in cars and stuff, um, over the years. Uh, and, and I, you know, it's been a while since I watched it. So I was, as I was watching it, whenever you recommend something to someone, right? You're, when you rewatch it, you aren't really rewatching it in the same way. You're watching it through the lens of, oh, I hope they like it. Oh, maybe I forgot. Maybe it's actually terrible. Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> so uh, I was a little tense watching this uh, just because it, it it is very slow. It's very uh, it's very much setting up setting up a world, setting up a character, introducing um, Botswana to the viewers who you know get depending on who's watching it, but like with an American and a UK audience, probably most of the viewers uh, won't necessarily have traveled to or be familiar with you know, modern Botswana. Um, and so it's just, it's just doing a thing. And so I, the whole time I was a little anxious watching like, and then I, I had to just calm myself down and listeners right before we started recording, I got a text from Allison that made me a little more optimistic that you're going <laughs> to like this. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you're going to feel about this show. Uh, so I'm very curious, but I want to start with, uh, were you, did you know about, what did you know about the show beforehand? And were you familiar with the, any like the the books or the author or any of that stuff going in? And then, hot take. What did, what did you think? <laughs> well, uh, I've worked in a lot of bookstores in my life, um, so I was familiar with the books, but had not read any of them. Um, I've also read a lot of mystery stories in my life, but I tend to fall into one author, and then because many mystery writers are very prolific, I'll just like live and breathe that author for quite a while, and then by the time I'm done with whatever, however many of that author's books I get through, then I'm ready to slip into another genre for a while. So I never got around to these, and I always wanted to, um, and then I. I remember when the series came out, hearing good things about it, but I think I also maybe thought it was a movie. It was slightly on my radar is the point in a, I worked in a Barnes and Noble and then another bookstore and then another Barnes and Noble and then another bookstore <laughs> kind of way um, without actually having, without ever actually having picked one up or seen the show. Um and I'm fully obsessed. <laughs> um, yes. I I don't know why on earth you were worried about whether or not I was going to like this. Well, because this it's is just, like it's it's slow. Like when you're watching, no, it's not. Okay, it's good. not slow. It <laughs> is. 
atmospheric. Yes. It is maybe like casually paced because I don't think it's slow. I just think it's unhurried. And I actually really, that's something that it has in common with (laughs) Murder, She Wrote. Um, And I think a lot of my favorite detective shows, there's a sort of the answer comes out of left field and life continues and you still have to do the things you're doing. And there's more than one case at a time, but it doesn't feel like juggling things. It's just answers arrive from different places and solving mysteries take time. It's actually sort of my favorite style of mystery writing is where there's a lot of room to breathe. Um, I'm a big Agatha Christie fan and some Agatha Christie novels are like Murder on the Orient Express and it's the train keeps moving and some like the miss marple stories there's a lot more air in them um and the poirot some of the poirot stories there's a lot more air in them um we already i already mentioned murder she wrote the i'm really high right now on um the sherry thomas lady sherlock books they're called um which sounds insufferable but those books i'm here to tell you those books slap um uh, and that's the same way there's it Sometimes feels like nothing is happening, but if the main character, if the detective is engaging enough, then you just enjoy watching them think and also just like live and breathe. And I was maybe in this episode for 20 minutes total before I was like, well, I would die for Precious. I would die for her. Uh, I would throw myself into traffic for her. And I'm already a big Jill Scott fan. Um, but wow. Oh my God. Just ensorcelled mm-hmm. to use an Aaron Sorkinism positively ensorcelled by the whole thing and the text that i sent to kate listeners was oh my god kate i ship it so hard which is true i ship it (laughs) so hard and that was before the last scene i was just fully shipping it shipping it well for those who don't know the number one ladies detective agency follows mara motsway precious from motsway um who is the you know played by jill scott and she lives in Botswana, and she and, and she moves to Habarone, which is a uh, you know a city from. She moves. She's like taking care of her dad, who is just you know king among men. Uh, you know, it, certainly in her eyes, we we only get a few few moments with him, but he sure seems pretty awesome. He seems um, great. And uh, then, and after, so she's caring for her dad as he's uh, in his final days. When he dies, he leaves her, uh, he gives her first his truck, uh, his, his, his truck, and then 180 head of cattle, which makes her a very wealthy woman. And so she decides to sell the, the cattle and move to Habarone and open up a detective agency because she's always been good at finding things out and solving mysteries and puzzles. And that hence we have our premise for our show. Um, and so she's trying to like strike out and start up her agency. So we get some backstory from her about her pretty quickly. Uh, we get, finally she is divorced. She had an abusive piece of shit husband um, who's a trumpeter. Uh, we, you know, they, they, I think they do a pretty efficient job. Like that's part of why this, I was worried about it. Cause it, it does like the pacing is very different than in the rest of the episodes, because you are setting up the character, you're setting up the world, you're setting up these other characters. And then from the second episode on, you can just go into them. Right. Um, so she is, you know, you get to you meet her, you, her, her truck needs to be towed to the town uh, by, by JB Matacone, who has the, the speedy car repair shop um, and is the love interest and is just fabulous. When he showed up on, on Game of Thrones, I was like, oh! 
Jimmy meant to go. <laughs> See, in in my case, he showed up in this, and I went, Salrasan! <laughs> so, um, yeah, always welcome. A very welcome presence. A really great actor. Uh, the, this whole cast, holy crap. This whole cast is ridiculous. Well, and the other reason I was a little worried about it is because I was, like, looking stuff up to, you know, you know, as I was, I was watching it and trying to, like, kind of remind myself what the reaction had been. There's not that much coverage of it, but, like... I, in like the Wikipedia entry, there's like, oh, it was a sort of mixed favorable review from critics. And one of the reviews that they cite was talking about how like the dialogue is bad and like either the dialogue is bad or the actors aren't up to elevating it. I'm like, uh, this cast is insane. Who is not up to, who's not up to this? Cause is it Broadway le- legend and Noni Rose and Disney princess and Noni Rose? Yeah. Is it, you know, uh, David Ayelowo, uh, is, is it, uh, uh, um, you know, future and best James Bond, um, Idris Elba, is it? When he Colin? showed up with his glasses, I was like, ooh, he's in Stringer Bell mode. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I mean, and, and, um, you know, Colin Salmon plays Note, Makoti. Dr. Moon. Uh, yeah, Makoti. Yeah, uh, so, like, yeah, there's, like... This cast is ridiculous. It's very, very, very good. And um, even the, you know, like, I haven't even mentioned Nikki Amuka Bird, who's great. Um, and, like, all these people who pop up for just even a few lines are really, really good. And um, so the the notion that the actors aren't able to elevate the dialogue, it was like, is that what other people think about the show? Because, like, I love it. But then again, I was familiar with some of the rhythms of it from the book beforehand. So... I'm glad it sounds like you're more with me, though. Ooh, you read the book in advance? No, I just had heard it, like heard I some see. of it, you right. know, like audiobooks. Yeah. Well, I uh, I love to listen to a mystery while I clean, so I am definitely gonna start this book series at some point as I'm continuing to unpack and like mm-hmm. hang things on my walls um, because I, I love listening to a mystery, a mystery and a Jane Austen novel. Love them, love both of them. Give me both at once, and I'm even happier. Um, yeah, I mean, what a cast. I don't, the di- dialogue doesn't strike me as wooden at all. And I think uh, maybe um, it's good to have uh, a larger variety of critical voices yep. um, when it comes to entertainment that is perhaps not directly marketed at straight white men. Um, because, you know. Granted, I went for streaming in place most of the time. My critic hat is not firmly on. I'm watching to watch, and then we talk about it, and it's fun, and critical things come out. But um, I, I mean, I would have approached it differently if I was writing a review, but I cannot imagine being like, <laughs> I don't know. Do people really talk like this? <laughs> I'm from Chicago. I definitely know and understand other cultures. <laughs> Though, you should specify that the writing credits for this are Richard Curtis, Anthony Mingella, and the books are by Alexander McCall Smith. So this is not by a Botswana author or any, right. anything like that. But the point remains... I, that's yeah okay I, I think I, this might be the most i've ever liked a piece of richard Cur- curtis writing that is not vincent and the doctor yeah it doesn't fall into those same beats that you're expecting and it, it's probably because it's a rather faithful ad- adaptation of the novel mm. too but yeah no it, yeah. It, it doesn't have those like um identifiers in the same way but what it does have is some it does have that anthony Mangella touch he directed this and it's beautiful it's absolutely gorgeous to look at yeah that shot where um 
obviously none of you are are new here i'm assuming listeners um but i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about the mysteries now so if you don't want to know what happened go watch it take your hour and 49 minutes and then come back and that's a really good use of time so consider it um so here's my gap where i say go away before i start talking about the mysteries that shot of Jill Scott kissing the child's hands mm-hmm. is ravishingly beautiful. Like that whole sequence, the openness of it, that there's something about it that it just feels really um terrifying and also really beautiful. And the and then when intercutting into the flashbacks of her losing her child and all it just Oh, the ending was very affecting. Um, I actually think maybe, well, again, I would throw myself into traffic for Precious and uh, I'm a big Jill Scott fan in general. I think the thing that most me- most impressed me about this is how perfectly it's structured. You think You think about the number of cases that they write on that board and the number of boxes that they're checking. And it seems like it should feel really crowded, but you're right. It's not that kind of show. It doesn't have that kind of pace. And... Th- the very natural way that her big breakthroughs would arise felt great. Um, the, the, the means by which all of these little pieces would tie and weave together, it never felt forced. Um, it didn't feel, it felt like the connections to her past were really organic and natural. And, um, yeah, I just think structured impeccably, particularly that button on the end with the, <laughs> with the sign, the number one husband stealing <laughs> yeah, tramp agency or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like number one uh fatty husband stealing terrible tart or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's delightful. Well, let's talk a bit about do you want to talk cases or do you want to talk characters? Let's talk characters. Okay, so you would throw yourself into tra- traffic for Precious, and that is well for for all three of our heroes, basically. I mean, yeah. b- and pretty much anyone who's not a really mean girl who lives or works in that little square. BK, like all of them, I'm ready to just. I love them all, and I'm I I am incapable of not loving basically everything that Anikanoni Rose, Broadway legend, and Disney princess Anikanoni Rose does. But um, she showed up, and I was like, I forgot she was in this. Yay! <laughs> How great! Uh, so yeah, all care. I loved all of the characters, and the characters who are uh, who are not supposed to love. Very easy to not love them. Extremely mm-hmm. easy to not love them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, like I'm if you if you watch more of it later, uh, Grace. Loves shoes, um, which is a, a thread for her character. So I look forward to you getting to enjoy that when she Great. shows up. And, and it's, you know, it's just such a fun way to undercut the assumptions some may have about, you know, Habrone and, and, and Botswana when they they bring in the two typewriters. And she's like, I'm sorry, what <laughs> decade are we in? Because this is some <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> oh, but then again, that's another note on the structure because when she hands her that note with the, the thank you very much and the H is missing and the R, whatever, the, yeah. and it's all letters that they told us before. It just, oh, oh the H is yeah. not missing. It's just really good. Really, really good. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, so what, what connects you to Precious besides the fact that she's just fabulous? Um, but was there, you know, she just got great, but, um, I mean, honestly, a lot. I'm. It's very easy for me, as we've discussed before, to sort of fall in love with a protagonist. Uh, I'm a, just a very empathetic person. Um, but something, I think the sequence that really did it for me at the beginning was when she was looking at all of the possible office spaces to rent and was just 
had absolutely no, not, not particularly rude or mean about it, but had no time for these spaces that were obviously not right. And when that door to that post office opens and the donkey is in there and she's just <laughs> like, this is the one and sits on the porch. I was like, oh, God, I, I just I want to know this woman. I just want to drink bush tea with this woman and talk about things. It's just wonderful. And Jill Scott is such a warm and lovely presence. Uh, and I think that comes through even when she's playing characters that aren't quite so warm and lovely. Uh, like when she was on Black Lightning, I just was so obsessed, uh, even though that is not not the same. Well, Lady is not, not precious. Yeah. Not precious. Um, uh, but basically, a woman hangs out her shingle and sets about doing her own thing is a very easy entry point for me. Um, and from there on in, it was just empathy and compassion and calm it's so nice to see a detective that's like jessica fletcher pretty tranquil pretty Mm -hmm. pretty chill just solving the things and knows the stakes are high is doing the right thing and no nonsense but not an asshole and i love all of these things what about you what attracted you to her well the you could just tell she's got her head screwed on the right way yeah like immediately but they also make it very clear that that is some of that is very hard won through a difficult backstory that has shaped part of who she is, but does not define her. Um, and I think that the way that this is written and directed also really helps with that because they let you see all the things you need for the backstory without trying to come up with a reason that we're cutting to it. You know what I mean? Uh, they trust the audience to just be like, yes, here she is with the kid. We're going to flashback to this experience that you she knows about, but you don't, uh, in the hospital when she lost her kid. And then we're going to come right, cut right back. And we don't need to, like, this reminds me of the time that... It, it's just... It it lets you get a stronger sense of the character right away. Like, it, it, there's also definitely something to be said for, like, not just skipping right over any, what should I do with this money from my father? Should I do something for myself? or should No, she knows exactly what she wants to do. And they, you know, very casually reveal later that she has already talked about her father, about this with her father before he died, what her plans were. I love that immediately, like, you, like if you're me, you ship it immediately because of watching the Scott's performance as she looks at, as Precious looks at JLB and kind of half smiles when he says, when he responds to her opening her agency with, oh, I think those bad guys better watch out. She just kind of half smiles and says, that's what my dad said. It's like, yep. And she she sees him. She appreciates him. She, you know, has, she's done the, the bad boy thing and learned from that and appreciates and values this guy from the, like, the moment they meet. Um, yeah, it's just the. You know, also, I think there's something very much to be said for a a woman of size compared to what we usually see on TV, absolutely loving and living in her body fully. And that is just a huge part of the character. It comes up, uh, her size comes up with people trying to denigrate her for it. She's like, "Uh, no, this is, I have a traditional build. Um, And lots of people find that very attractive. And you could tell she does feel very comfortable in her body. The show makes her sexy and fun and free um with just like how she moves they also you know when she is hit you know you know with with you know very like sizest i guess uh kind of comments you can see she does hear it it does this is something she had to get to you get you can tell that she had to get to a place of comfort with that in her body but she has you know there's just so much it's just such a fleshed out character 
already from the first scenes that we see her. Yeah, I really appreciate. I'm glad that you brought that up because I feel like a lot of times when we are acknowledging, um, I don't know, sizest, fat phobic culture, there tends to be a bit of an overcorrection and it's either like, Oh, aren't they Everything brave? is perfect. Yes. Ugh. But there's like, everything is perfect and isn't she glorious and there's no intrusion of the outside world and this woman's self-worth or it's all about learning to love her body and it's not a person who is at peace with herself but is still a human being and responds to cruelty from the outside world. Um, and you you just don't see that very often. And it's been in my mind recently because I read a really great book by Olivia Dade called Spoiler Alert, which is a romance novel about um, a fan of a show that's very obviously supposed to be Game of Thrones um, uh, who is fat. Um, and it's a very fat, positive book. There's never any question of her valuing herself, um, but her trauma is a real thing. Anyway, it reminded me of that a lot in this one specific way. Also, she's just radiant. Like, Jill mm-hmm. Scott never looks anything but radiant on camera, but the way that she's photographed here, it's really, she's just beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we should talk about some of these other characters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because we're going to run out of time here. Uh, so JLB is just, like, goodness like personified mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like it should get frustrating uh it should get annoying but it doesn't because of the performance from his mommy uh and also because they let him be human and they let him be frustrated um and because of the details they sprinkle in about you know like he's a he's a widower and it's you know at least comparatively recently that he took off his ring we don't know how long ago his wife passed but you know he clearly is still in some level of pain about that and trying to move on with his life. But you can see how how he gets frustrated. He, you know, the, um, they, they, it's a very clear OTP, right? Obviously from the first time they meet, but you also just, you get a sense of humor. You get, um, like a, a real sense of some of the dangers that he's dealing with, with this person, you know, this case that falls into his lap with this um, car that he's fixing up. And then they just go back right when you think they're going to steer into the romance. He's like, okay, I have a very important question to ask. And you're like, Oh, he's going to ask her out. No, she's been driving with her parking brake on this whole time. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that is the very important question that he has been like building up confidence to ask her about um because that's how precious that's how much of a snowflake uh, like just a marshmallow that he is uh and in a show that has that does not shy away from really bad guys really bad guys um uh, and amongst them precious's ex um it's just fabulous to see the other side of that spectrum so beautifully represented by jlb yeah yeah uh put him in the the marshmallow cinnamon roll hall of fame with ray palmer and mm-hmm. call it a day just uh just really wonderful i don't really have anything to add you summed that up very well i i will let you know what let me say one more thing um it's really difficult to play awkward nervous without playing the awkwardness and the nervousness right like this is a it's Whenever you're playing discomfort, 
mo- less skilled actors will often show the discomfort as opposed to try to hide the discomfort. And he does a really nice job of that here. You can see whenever he's nervous about talking to her um, because of the love overflowing in his heart, um, <laughs> you can see that he's just trying really hard to play it cool. Um, but the his skill is such that the balance, I think, is really perfect. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Love him. We'll love him. Anything to add about uh, uh, Anika Noni Rose as Grace? I, I mean, I had no preconceptions about the character she'd be playing here. Um, even when she showed up, I was like, ooh, client, like, what's happening? Um, and I've watched her in quite a few things. She is wonderful. Uh, if you've never seen Dreamgirls, it's a mess. She's the best part of it. It doesn't make any sense to me that people talk about Dreamgirls and they don't talk about Anika Noni Rose. Beyonce and J-Hud are very good, but Anika Noni Rose, always and forever. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I just love the uh, the uh, sort of simmering rage plus social anxiety plus defensiveness plus genuine desire to do good, all leading to this wonderful revelation at the end that like I make money when you make money. Just yeah, what a great mm-hmm. character! I cannot wait to see more of her, and I'm so glad she's obsessed with shoes. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> um doesn't do doesn't do or dupe is is really fun as bk it's a he's the the neighbor character who is there is the emotional support and helps him with the sign and everything and is there to be part of like the the hairdresser right the hairdresser yeah 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 to to you know be a neighbor (laughs) and and a little bit of support which she really needs some at the beginning oh yeah she definitely does the the moral support the friendliness the like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, but also you can't really do anything for me right now. Um, mm-hmm. All of that. The conversation about Grace's hair is really fun. Um, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed that character. Basically, that whole square, even the characters that we haven't met yet, and I assume that we'll spend some time with some of the people that we see. Um, it really felt like a community. It felt You understood instantly why it is that she picked that rundown post office. <laughs> Just giving away envelopes. Yeah. Um, also, those pastries looked on point. Like, yeah. Yes. That pastry stand. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. Smaller roles. Uh, let's shout out to, you know, legend John Canny, uh, Connie as Daddy Papetze in such a smart, small role. But, you know, I, I've mostly seen him in more dramatic stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it was fun to see him in such a baldly comedic role um, as the, the dubious daddy. And then we've got uh, Bungeka Pangwana as, as Happy uh and again just tells you a lot in a, just a little bit of time it's another fun performance but like mm-hmm. david yellow <laughs> is so ridiculous and absurd and that character should not work because of how heightened they are uh but it really does because he just because he's really good and he commits to that because the rest of the show is so much more chill that heightened element of it really i think works for me i really enjoyed it and then pairing it's like when after, because you meet Alice, right? Which is Nikki Amuka Bird's character. And and you feel like you have a sense of that character. And then you meet her husband, Kremlin, and you're like, okay. And then she comes back and you're like, oh, I get it. Okay, yeah, no, I get this. <laughs> this tracks. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's so big. And he's so, like, it's straight. It's Night at the Roxbury. But I totally believe it. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I agree. He's so committed. I mean, deeply committed. And it would seem outlandish and unrealistic if I hadn't seen men like that in real life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. it is, it, it's definitely larger than life, but so are some people. 
And it's so much fun to watch that even if it was sort of outside the bounds of reality entirely, I would still be on board. What what a charisma factory that guy is. Yeah. Um, the the go go happy gentlemen's club. I think that comes or whatever <laughs> handsome, it's called. A, handsome guy. Handsome, yeah, whatever it was handsome man. Yeah, I think that comes back at various points. It's that looks like my nightmare. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, never, never hellscape. It also that case also gives you just like she's still new at this. Don't take someone to your home. Don't no. show them where you live. No, you are uh, uh, no. The whole time I was like, no, don't show her the pictures. What are you doing? You could take you could take him to your job and just like keep his head lower so he won't see the sign. That would work. He's not very bright and it's dark outside. (laughs) Also, we know she has a tape recorder. You couldn't work with the tape recorder instead. Just get him audio. Yeah. Yeah. Just get him saying he's not married and then call it a day. That's all you really needed. Well, clearly not, because this this wife was never going to pay. No. So that was just never going to happen. Um, Colin Salmon is really good in future episodes. He's not really in this one. Um, but I liked how uh, just terrible Lucky Sasena is uh, to Misha Masha and, uh, as the lawyer. And, um, and, you know, I thought the way that they threaded everything back together at the end, you know, having this guy who's been scamming insurance companies like yeah he's he's in the same town and his his niece you know still lives here and the lawyer still lives here. like you you can't just be like oh it's new york it's a huge city so we just never see any of these people ever again um don't think about the fact that this is actually a community like there's only so many lawyers lucky we're probably gonna run into him again so you can't just be like scold scold you're a bad guy you're gonna get arrested now like it's a very different vibe with that stuff and i think it works really well um, and that takes us to Idris Elba, who I think he's definitely in Stringer Bell mode, but like, I think he's way scarier than Stringer Bell. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously intended to be too. Not that Stringer yeah. Bell couldn't be scary because obviously oh, yeah. he can yes. and was sometimes very scary. But yeah. um, this, I don't think that character, this character is intended to be particularly complex, uh, just terrifying. Um, and man, he's got that. He and his baby face are communicating mm-hmm. quite a lot of menace. Yeah. I was like, because I, I was like, that's. That's Idris Elba, right? That it is. Yeah. I, I had to, to check. I have to look this up though because he looks so different. He looks so young. Um, this isn't from that long ago. Like this isn't from that much before I was following his career, right? But still, just something about the the maybe because they filmed this on location in Botswana as well. So maybe it's just like the light is different. Hits hits everybody in a different way. Um, and we should talk just a little bit about that too, because. Uh, Filming on location. I'm so glad that they did because it's absolutely gorgeous. You couldn't. You're, you're not gonna. You're not gonna get Botswana just anywhere. And so having them, you know, just like Precious is little, and she's just like hanging out with some meerkats, you know, waiting for her dad. You know, like you're just you're just not gonna get that same kind of like the location shooting and the the nature and the the look of everything if you don't film there but like something between the costuming the performance and the lighting um yeah truly chilling i would guess that at least one of those reviews that you looked at somewhere in one of them said botswana is really more of a character um but you know (laughs) what it's it's not an unearned piece of stupid praise um there's an 
a very palpable sense of place that I think honestly you more often find with like documentary filmmaking than you do um, with a lot of narrative filmmaking, unless it's filmed on location like this was. Um, I felt more like I was at part at certain points. I felt more like I was watching, um, well, like a really expensive film or parts unknown, right? Mm -hmm. Like a great director and a great location and great cinematography. It really does a lot. Yeah. Um, the last thing I wanted to make sure to mention was the music because I love it. I love the music in the show. They used a lot of uh, uh, African and I mean Botswana, but just all larger, you know, larger screen that African artists for the soundtrack, and it, it's and then it's paired with all this other stuff as well. But the 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 way that the, the sound of it feels really distinct, and I remember like back forever ago, I put it as one of my favorite most distinct soundtracks for tv it was like i think i think i had this as like one number one or number two and i had um um cowboy bebop as like number two <laughs> you know like it really i, I love the, the sound of it and the way again the way they built this world um to really throw you right in and introduce you to the feel and and of all these people's lives day to day i think they did a really jo lovely job did you have any other elements of this that you wanted to to mention or other thoughts uh, the costuming is really incredible. Um, lots of beautiful color. Um, the in particular, when Grace is undercover taking photos um, <laughs> in this really vibrantly colored dress and head wrap, um, I thought that was really beautiful. But it, it's just the costuming is excellent throughout. Um, was there anything else? Oh, I hope she sings at some point. Does she sing at any point? I want to say yes, but I could be wrong. We see her sing a little bit here, but not very much. Yeah, I want like Since the funeral. You want, want yeah. I want a proper Jill Scott musical number. I want her if we're doing a detective series. I want her to have to go undercover at a nightclub. That's <laughs> what I want. I want a full Sydney Bristow in Paris on a mission singing in a nightclub. That's my super special hope. Yeah. Or Ava on a mission, thinking she's singing really brilliantly, but actually she's just wasted. Not that because Jill Scott actually is a, an incredibly skilled vocalist. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's my hope. Yeah, well, because I will I, obviously be watching more. <laughs> well, and unfortunately, there's only six more episodes. Uh, they they it got positive reviews and was well, well received in the U.S. Um, but I think it, they decided it was expensive. They were originally talking about doing some like kind of standalone movies after afterwards, like coming like going back to it. Um, and the production company or somebody leased the space for like five years or something when they did it so they were planning on trying to you know do it quite a bit uh for quite a bit longer but um but then it didn't you know that kind of fizzled nothing came of it and that's the end now there are 20 or 21 novels um but yeah only seven episodes oh, well There's i look forward to all seven episodes well the next six episodes and also the books because i'm very obviously also going to be reading them it's exactly my lane well, I am tickled pink that you enjoyed your time with Mama Monsley. I said um, out loud as I was watching, thank you, Kate, because it just, <laughs> oh, I was watching some not great screeners and had to take a little break to watch this. And oh, my God, what a palate cleanser. Well, yay. Well, listeners, let us know what you think of the number one ladies detective agency. And if any of you had watched it before this, um, and if not, uh, thank you for watching along. And if so, uh yeah, let me know, because I literally know no one outside of my family who's watched the show. And now, Allison. So that's two. 
So that's, you know, that's something. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of, what are we watching next, Allison? Because you're picking the Wednesday show. Well, Kate, after the off-mic 30-minute investigation <laughs> we did into into mysteries that you haven't seen, um, and also where they are available to legally watch, we have decided something that neither of us has seen, which I am very excited about, the Mrs. Bradley Mysteries, starring the late, the great Dame Diana Rigg as Adela Bradley. Adela Adela, we'll find out. Um, ooh, and her chauffeur. Oh, sh- chauffeur, 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 chauffeur. Oh, my God. Um, I'm very excited about the lady detective and her chauffeur because uh, that sounds really great. And we are going to watch uh, episodes zero and one or one and two, depending on where you're looking at it. Speedy Death and Death at the Opera. Uh, we know for sure that you can stream these on BritBox if you had that streaming service. It may be available elsewhere, um, but BritBox also has a free trial. And no, they're not sponsoring the show. It's just a really, great, really great, very specific streaming mm-hmm. service that I enjoy a lot. Okay. So Mrs. Bradley Mysteries on Wednesday. Not only do I appreciate finding a detective series that I had not heard of uh, and also should have. And that's like, I need to cast around to the people who recommend these things to me and be like, you don't know me well enough, clearly, because how is that? <laughs> but also Dame Diana Rigg, are you fucking kidding me? Yes. Every day of the week. And then the description is like, it is very much our wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I am intrigued and very excited. So uh, that'll be on Wednesday. We saw uh, part of the reason that we landed on this one is I we were both literally googling like lady detective shows, <laughs> and and one list that came up was a uh, if you like Miss Fisher try this through Vulture and they describe Mrs. Bradley as think of her as Miss Marple's socialite sister who's down to fuck and uh, that could not be more my speed. In fact, I would bet you money that we will have at least one Caldwell. Uh-huh. in the chat because it is also extremely their their speed so we'll see okay well that'll be coming <laughs> on wednesday uh very exciting to uh have some new mysteries to dive in with thank you allison thank, thank you, you everyone for listening we'll be back on wednesday with more stringy place bye-bye bye bye